Hi guys, this is Tony from Shelf Help and welcome to the second episode of our new podcast series, Moving Forward. We are living in turbulent times, that's for sure. And for the next six weeks, I'll be sharing some brilliant conversations and advice from self-help authors and experts on how we can learn and move forward from them with optimism and purpose. Today's guest is Ben Bidwell, known to his army of Instagram fans as the Naked Professor due to the striking naked images he once used to document his self-help journey. Today, Ben is more about stripping off emotionally and is a mindset and purpose coach, as well as a writer, speaker, and host of the Naked Professors podcast. He shares his story in a bid to inspire other people to get more in touch with their own and to make positive change in their lives. I first met Ben in a field in South Wales as we were both speakers at the Big Retreat Festival. And seeing as there won't be any festival fun this summer, instead we've taken the conversation online. In today's conversation, we cover how connecting to a long-term purpose can help us better withstand short-term pain, how we can use these times as an opportunity to become better people, including recognising and living more in tune with our values and changing habits that don't serve us, as well as educating ourselves and using any privilege we have to make a positive impact. We cover how Ben deals with overwhelm and people-pleasing, why he believes a safe life is often an uninspired one, and why he's decided that his purpose is to show up every day without fear of failure, rejection or embarrassment. Enjoy the show. Hey Tony, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's like, like you say, we could have been at the big retreat together a couple of weeks ago, so it's nice that we're at least here now. Yeah, virtually connecting instead. So I just mentioned festival crowds, and obviously, uh, speaking gigs, workshops, festivals are a big or have been a huge part of your work um, with what you do, sharing a message. So um, I wonder how different is life for you now um, since coronavirus? Where are you? What does work and personal life look like now for you? Do you know what? I don't know. I had all sorts of different thoughts as you said that. Because on the one hand, yeah, very different in terms of no festivals, no talks, none of that stuff, no events at all. But as a um, someone who works for himself and bases himself out of home, I guess in many ways it hasn't changed that much. I'm just spending more time in my office, I guess, if you like, and um, uh, less kind of out and about and seeing people. But it hasn't been such a shock for me because I am used to working in this environment anyway. Um, it has been it's, it's been different but I don't think it's been as different for me as for lots of people the biggest thing for me of all of this is that suddenly I've been able to live in tune with my values because everything is on me it's my time now no one needs me there's no events there's no speaking there's no anything else it's what do you want to do Ben how are you going to spend your time and how is it best used and I've kind of stripped away everything that I did for everyone else and now it's really drilled into to what I want to do and I think we, we've got to give that the context that we're fortunate financially that we, we're not necessarily hand-to-mouth right at this moment so whilst two or three months without income or without much income isn't ideal mm. I've been able to manage it and once that initial shock and fear of oh my god it's like I'm not going to earn for the next few months once that dissipated and it's like okay well I accept that that's where I'm at my bank balance isn't going to look very healthy in, in two or three months time but I do get this time to myself now to work in, in tune with myself. Every day that's got more and more important to me and money's got less and less important. So how are you today then, would you say, generally? Like, how are you? Um, is today a good day? <laughs> I just never know where I'm at each day at the moment. There's so much going on. Like the last week, 10 days has been really trying, if I'm honest, very, very tough. And even before, before everything kicked off with Black Lives Matter, we had Mental Health Week two weeks before that, which was a, quite a big event for me if you like and I've just said then I had some various things on like that I had to do with work and it's just to be honest it's felt like it's been one thing after another and the good thing for me in the last 10 days is that 
I guess I've kind of taken a break from everything that I had going on in my life and all the things that I was working towards and just looked at sort of stopping and re-educating myself in that particular area. It's almost been like, although it's been hard work and it's been challenging, I mean, compared obviously to, I don't want to sound like a victim here at all, because as we, as we both are discovering and a lot of people discovering we're extremely privileged um, mm-hmm. or more privileged than we ever realized, put it that way. It's just about re-educating myself and almost seeing the world through a new lens now. And mm-hmm. to become a better person like with, a, with more understanding, more education and more awareness around the world we live in. And there is some shame around that because I wasn't as good as I thought I was before. You know, there were big gaps in what I didn't know. And I was, I was complicit with an unfair system. And that, that brings shame. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying not to sit in that space. And I'm trying to think, well, how can I make a positive impact and try and ensure that the world changes as a result? What bit can I do? do that so like it's a whole heap of different emotions all the time today generally <laughs> to sum it up a very long answer I'm, I'm i'm feeling in a good space right now i feel energized I, I had an instagram live with my community last night where we just allow people to share and it filled me with hope and and love it showed me the beautiful people who are out there and the, the, the willingness to change and the willingness to correct the situation and that just filled me up and today i've taken that energy with me and i feel kind of hopeful and just inspired about this era if i'm honest or this period that we're in of positive Mm -hmm. change the world is changing around us right now and and i i believe it wasn't for the best before you know i believe it will be better now as a result of everything a lot of people have talked about the new normal and this is probably um because we're recording this in the second week of june so i think the new normal was a phrase that was being bandied around before the black lives matter happenings and lots of people were saying they don't want to go back to and to normal whatever that was before and probably even more so now so i think that's a really good point around going forward and taking advantage and looking at the opportunities of this time to make changes and go forward with new energy and with, like you say, with more knowledge and taking this time to educate ourselves and make the changes that we didn't even know we needed, maybe in some cases. And hopefully more connection to our values as well. Perhaps some of the daily sort of habits we had in the past, we've kind of realised over the last two, three months that actually what were we doing spending our time on that? And actually X, Y, Z matters so much more. Now we've had a chance Mm -hmm. to stop and, and we're out of that pattern. It's like, oh, I'm definitely taking that forward now. Is there any um, particular practices? Like I think you, I, I assume you have a spiritual practice. I don't know. So you can tell me. Um, but is there anything, are there any particular practices that you've been relying on through coronavirus to stay centred and to keep in touch with your values and also to keep physically and mentally well? I'm just trying to think where to start. Um, again, this has, been, <laughs> this has been a real positive for me because I have had a lot, a lot more of my own self-practice, if you like, my own self-care. The thing that stands out, I'm not sure how this is linked to this period, but it's something that's evolved for me, is just learning to, to reconnect with, I mean, in my language, I guess it's, it's connected with my heart. So every morning now, as part of my, my daily habits, if you like, once I get out of the shower, I spend, I don't know, between five and ten minutes in just connecting with my body and having a conversation. And I close my eyes and I pretend, I'm going to sound a little bit mad now, but I close my eyes and I pretend that I'm inside my body. And um, I, I kind of look around and I try and see some lights behind the darkness in my, in my closed eyes. And I pretend that they're cells of my body or they're organs. And I talk and I, and I ask how we're feeling. You know, how, is, how are we getting on? And that I'm sorry I haven't listened to myself in the past and I haven't connected and I haven't listened to what my body needs. 
you know, and I kind of say, listen to what you guys need as if I'm talking to the cells and the organs within my body. What do you guys need? And is there any way that, that I'm, not, I'm, I'm not serving you right now? Is it, what, what do you need? And I have a conversation and that started actually for me as a practice about um, hay fever because I had a conversation with David Hamilton, Dr. David Hamilton, who's a scientist who's written 10 books, I think numerous books on the, on the, mm. the science of how, how our mind can heal our body. And I had awful hay fever and he told me I need to start speaking to the cells of my body about being more accepting of hay fever and, and letting it know pollen is not a threat and to welcome the pollen and to, to welcome it with open arms wow. rather than to react. I was like, David, you know, 10 years ago, I would have really thought this was pretty, pretty out there. But um, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually with you now. Like I've read enough of your stuff and the science behind this that I'm in. So yeah, I started doing it. And so I have self-talk around being accepting of the pollen and I have conversation about what I need right now, listening to myself at a deeper level, really tuning in like with the cells of my body. Not, not my ego, what my ego is after, but what, what within myself, what am I really seeking there? What do I need right now? And sometimes it's just, you know, I just hear it say, get some bloody sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, or some, sometimes I hear it say, you know, show up. You've got to show up here. And that's been a big thing in the last 10 days. Ben, show up. You know what's right here. You know what matters. And I know you're scared, but you've got to show up for what matters. Mm-hmm. And I hear that in that conversation and I take that energy with me. So for me, like try and make this a little bit more um, practical, if you like, because it could sound a bit out there. But for me, it's, it's tuning into my heart, into my truth, into my, like what's really inside of me and not mm-hmm. listening to my ego's message of validation and fear that's telling me, Ben, you've got to do this and this to get validation and to avoid embarrassment or avoid failure it's about my heart's message my truth and that comes from a very different place and that that's my big spiritual practice now to really hear that truth inside of me and to try and align my behavior with that yeah amazing thanks for sharing that i think people talk about if you go to a yoga class um the teacher will often say like drop into your body and it's that connecting with listening to your body and being more intuitive and this I was going to say this question might sound out there, but I don't compared to with what we're talking about. I think, don't think it will. But did you like? Did it take a while? Because I don't. I'm trying to do this more and listen to my body more, but it doesn't really talk back. Um, I think I've spent so long not doing that and being live. I just live in my head a lot, and it's you know that's it's busy, busy, busy. And so um, trying trying that practice of getting quiet and listening more to what my body might need, I find quite difficult. I, d- I definitely want to get better at it, and I, I I think it will come. But I just wonder if it took a while for you, or if you've got any tips on on getting there. I actually asked David Hamilton a question. Where I said like, because we did a check in on how he felt, and I was like, David, this is a funny question, but for some people who they don't know what they're feeling. They don't know mm. how to feel. Like, how do I feel? It's not like actually, what, what am I feeling? It's like, how do I actually feel? Like, I don't know. I'm not feeling anything because mm. that's the experience I had for a long time. And David said to me that we've got to treat it like a muscle. And this is, this is where I've got to. The, loud, the more you listen to it, the more you tune in, it can, it can get louder and louder and stronger and stronger. So it might start off as something very difficult to feel, almost a little whisper, a little silent whisper that you can kind of barely sort of take note of. But each time you tune in with it and each time you hear it, you can connect with it stronger and stronger. You just increase that frequency. And over time, that whisper can become a very clear uh, message, which not to blow my own trumpet, but having I've done this work for what, eight or nine years now, I can hear that message quite loud and clear. And it allows me to decipher between my ego and my heart quite, quite easily. It's my ego is nowhere near as loud as it was throughout my 20s when I'd be so driven by it. Mm. and now it's actually i can pretty quite clearly distinguish i'm pretty clear on what my truth is now 
but it takes practice. It's just one of those things that each time we let our ego's voice pass, it will get quieter. And each time we connect with our truth, our heart, it will get louder. And it's just a progressive exercise. Keep tuning in, keep tuning in, keep listening in for it. And it will come. It's good to know. I mean, it'd be great if there was a quick fix, obviously, like everything. But it's actually, it's great to know that it's a practice and something you can develop, right? So it, it sounds like what you need to do or what we all need to do is make it a habit. And like you say, keep showing up and incorporate it into your day. That does make sense. It does. It really does. And just one thing to add that I think will add, maybe make it a little bit clearer as well, is that the way I see it is my 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 body knows it just has a, a, a knowing it might not be rational it might not make sense to other people but it just knows you, you can hear people in their language you can say but well, why did you do that and just like I just i just felt it was right i just knew that was the right thing to do whereas our, our our head thinks i think that's what i should have done or you know should is a very thinking is a very head word yeah i mean one of my one of my questions actually for you which was going to be a bit later, but I'm going to ask it now. Was, do you have any advice for people who are feeling overwhelmed right now? Do you think a practice like this is good for, not get rid of totally, but to minimise that feeling of overwhelm, which so many of us have with the world going crazy? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question for me because I'm going to be talking to myself here because overwhelm is something I often feel, if I'm honest. And actually, the, one of the beautiful things about this whole two or three months is the, the overwhelm has lessened a lot because I haven't been pulled in different directions. And what I've had to really do with, with my overwhelm, and overwhelm for me, just to be clear on it, I had to drill down on what it was and why it was there. And for me, a lot of the time, it was just feeling like I couldn't, I was, however hard I tried or whatever, I, I just was never going to get to the end of what I needed to do. It just was like, well, where do I start? What am I going to do? And sometimes with that, I'd just be like, well, there's no point even trying. Sure. I just, you know, you just, I just don't know what, so I'm just going to have that day off. You know, I just can't cope with this. I can't. I, so for me, it just became a real values exercise. And what, ben, what, what matters most to you? What, what's really important? And getting very connected with that and then putting that to the top of the priority list and then kind of almost working out the structure of what, what I needed to do most first and foremost for me that was mine that, that would make me feel most content at the end of the day or most satisfied or most proud at the end of the day. So kind of looking at your to-do list, looking at your values and prioritizing value-driven things rather than just who's shouting the loudest. Yeah, exactly. And I like working out why I'm doing those things. Am I doing them to people please other people or am I doing them because they're really valuable to me? Mm. And, you know, when I started to look at that and I, I looked at, um, for example, my messaging, I know what it's like now for everyone. We've all got loads of messages, but I just really, really struggle with my messages. I'm on my own. I work on my own and I get a lot of messages and some of them are quite deep and quite heavy and they require response. Like DMs, mm. emails, WhatsApps, mm. like the Instagram messages, Instagram comments. There's like an endless supply of con everyone sort of wanting access, not access, but wanting to engage, which is lovely and don't get me wrong, mm. it's beautiful. But at the end of the day, if I'd sat on my computer or my phone all day just replying to the various things, then I go to bed and I haven't lived in tune to what my values are. I've given everyone else what they wanted, which was a response from me. But I haven't moved any further ahead in who, who I'm trying to be. So I've had to really kind of be willing not to people please and, and willing to, to risk judgment from people going, well, Ben doesn't even bother to reply to me anymore. Mm. to live more in tune with myself where I feel like I'm when I go to bed at the end of the day I've achieved in line with what really matters to me mm -hmm. um it's hard because I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking saying rude things about me now but um I'm saying good things about myself and my relationship with myself is the best is the best I can do and we the relationship we have with ourselves is the number one thing 
we've got to make ourselves proud of ourselves. And often we're doing things that are making other people proud. But what about you? And especially in a job or in a situation like yours, when you're, you're trying to help people do this for themselves, aren't you? So mm. you're coaching people in ways to get the best out of their lives and themselves. So, yeah, you obviously need to be able to apply that, apply that to your own life as well. Have to. People, people see you. They, won't, they don't want to be inspired by me if I'm not living by the values that I not preach but trying to share with them. You know, I've got to, I've got to be really embodying my behavior. Yeah, totally. Um, lead, lead by example, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. So it matters. It really matters. So a lot of the work you do is around kind of mindset and purpose. So obviously this, this oh, is um, crucial now, changing mindsets and maybe galvanizing purpose because it's, it's things that break your heart are the things that actually give you purpose quite, quite often, aren't they? So what do you think about um, how a sense of purpose can help us manage these times and kind of help us move forward? Yeah, I think um, purpose is so powerful for that. I studied something called logotherapy, which is based on um, Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl was, was locked up in Auschwitz during the Second World War, and he talked in his book a lot about what purpose gave him to get through the imprisonment that he experienced and how it was hope for the future and hope of what he could become that allowed him to just get through each day. He experienced pain and challenges, but he didn't suffer every day because... He was connected to the hope for the future rather than connected to the pain of the moment. And I think we need that. That's why purpose is such an important part of mental health for me, or health, good mental health, because without purpose, we just, it's, we're stuck. We're, 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 we're sat in, in sort of stationary wondering what life is all about. Connecting to our purpose, connecting to why we're here and what, what our life is about and what we're trying to do with it just means that we can sit through the short-term pain, if you like, because there's mm. something bigger than that. I love the phrase, your mess becomes your message. What was, what your, like, look at that. Why did it exist? What, what, what was it teaching you? What can you learn? What can you help others with now you've overcome it or you're, now you're learning? You know, why, mm. why has it showed up in your life? Um, and you, if you dig into that and you're really brutally vulnerable and you allow yourself to be very raw as to why it was there, you know, where it came from, then there's a lot of learning. You know, that, that's where your goal is. Mm. Um, but the majority of us will just shy away from that and pretend that it didn't exist and never go there again because it hurts. And I get yeah. that. But for me, a safe life is often going to be an uninspired one. You know, if it's all just perfectly, no, no embarrassment, no failure, no rejection, no anything else, it's like, are we ever going to have the true inspiration, the things that really give us the greatest purpose? So it just like, I mean, I always am drawn to vulnerability as a whole. And you talked about books. You know, Brené Brown has just been a huge part for me of, of mm. learning vulnerability and embracing. And just she, the phrase that I hear most from her and I use all the time now is showing up. You know, yeah. showing up is a vulnerable act because it could, could go wrong. And that's, that's showing up. It's not knowing the results, but saying, hey, it matters to me, so I'm going to give it a crack. And you show mm. up. And from there, things happen. And do you mean showing up for yourself or for other people? Showing up for what matters to you. I ultimately believe it will serve all the people in your life because a better version of you is going to serve them better. But sometimes, you know, showing up for you will also show up massively for other people. You know, it might be showing up for your parents when they need you, you know, but it might, because they matter to you massively. But showing up to your truths, showing up to your values, like what really, really matters to you, 
And then you, rather than showing up for validation or acceptance or from fear, it's showing up because it matters to you. And, and some people might not understand it. Some people might frown upon it. Some people might think it's completely crazy. But to you, it matters and it's your passion. Mm. And that's, that's where your spark lies. So just showing up, like giving this game of life a crack and being willing to fail um, and authentically tapping into your values, knowing who you really want to be. Like all that going beneath the surface, like our purpose is not in our head. It's not something we think. I mean, I guess, you know, what I'm doing now is with this brand, The Naked Professor, you know, that there's, I never could have learned that this was my purpose. And no one could have, no one else no. could have told me this was to, to go and get naked in these, these pictures in iconic locations. How's that? How's anyone going to come up with that other than to me, it just, I knew it fitted in with what I was trying to say and it was authentic and it was crazy and it was non-conforming and it was raw and, but it was my truth and I could, I felt it and it might've been one that I took a step and it went the wrong way. And I was like, Oh, if I didn't try, cause I've had some of those steps as well in the past, like everyone else, but this mm. was one step and then I took another and it's like, Oh, this feels right. And 20 steps mm. down the road, I'm, I'm, I'm living my purpose. And it was hard. I remember the first time I told my mum about it. It's not an easy conversation to have, but it was my purpose and it mattered to me. Mm. And I suppose you would never, you could never have dreamed that what, you'd be doing exactly what you're doing now because you didn't even, it didn't even exist then, did it? It's, it's, we don't know what we don't know. So you yeah. taking that first step, doing the first picture, having that first really awkward conversation with your mum, all of that is leading somewhere, but you don't, you don't, there's no guarantee of where that is because we don't, we never know, do we, until we start on that path. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I'm kind of with purpose for me, it's about showing up without fear of failure, rejection or embarrassment every day. And my, my life will unfold from there. And you know, my purpose is not to save X, Y, Z or to create this or that. It's just every day to show up without fear of failure, rejection or embarrassment. Cause I just know that when I do that, it will un unravel and who knows where it will unravel to. Mm. Well, that's part part of the fun and you know and i'm sure it's the same for you with with yours it's unraveling and you're going in directions you didn't know or you didn't envisage or new things are happening and showing up right you showed up for something that mattered to you yeah and i think especially when you're working with other people that like you don't people people do their own thing and they tell you what they want and what they like and they don't like and sometimes it's not what you thought it might be but being able to co-create i suppose with a community with yeah with the energy of other people then it it just becomes a whole nother level of um of purpose and living your values i suppose yeah exactly yeah and i think that's where your purpose lives it's it lives in your deepest values well, you know, no one ever taught us to connect with our deepest values so how we're meant to get there i don't know uh, a, a life of self-discovery but it's yeah it's not in the textbooks and it's not in your head it's it's in your deepest values yeah. and you've got to be brave enough to go there and connect with them brilliant thank you all great, all great, great stuff. So I would love to finish with you reading one of your favourite quotes or passages from a book um, for our Shelf Helper audience. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to read a poem called The Man in the Glass, and it's by Peter Winbrow. And for me, it just condenses everything that I'm about in one poem, really. And it's basically showing up for the, for the relationship you have with yourself. And it says it's not about impressing everyone else it's about impressing the face that you see in the glass not not physically but emotionally being proud of yourself shall i read it now yes please when you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day 
Just go to a mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. It isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. Some people might think you're a straight shooting chum and call you a wonderful guy. But the man in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous test if the guy in the glass is your friend. You may fall the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. That's it. Thanks, Ben. Um, so wonderful to have you here and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for allowing the space and I hope it wasn't too heavy. I hope it was informative. We can do heavy. The world's, the world's quite heavy at the moment, so it's good to have a, to kind of have a, that, that take on it as well. It is heavy, you're right. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Tony. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation, guys. I'll be back on Tuesday with a very different kind of interview with A-List's favourite intuitive and psychic, Laura Day. For more episodes, you can check out and subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify, and you can also connect with the Shelf Help family via Instagram or our membership community, the Shelf Help Clubhouse. To find out more about all the ways to get involved and stay connected, head to our website, shelfhelp.club. Thanks for being here.